Welcome to Royally Screwed, a Curse of Strahd actual play podcast featuring a group of motley fools bumming their way through Barovia. Be warned, this is an adult content rated campaign. This means our players use adult language and make jokes of adult nature. Also because of the nature of a horror-driven campaign, there will be descriptions of torture, murder, and other topics that may be disturbing to sensitive listeners. Listen at your own risk and prepare to be royally screwed. Are you going to be my DM assistant? Uh-huh. Goose, are we ready for some Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. All right. So, just for listeners know, we are missing three players today. So, Beanher, Claire, and Leo will not be playing. However, if any of y'all want to play as them... Voice-wise or whatever, I'm cool with that. All right, guys. Recap of our last game. After having awakened at the Blue Water Inn, the party decided to head to the Vistani camp outside of Laki in order to bring Arabella the presents that you purchased at the request of Madame Ava. Upon arrival at the camp, you found a very disturbing situation. The apparent leader of the camp beating a young man tied to the center pole of a tent while all the others looked down upon it. You quickly learned that the man doing the beating was Lavash, the father of young Arabella, and that his daughter had gone missing while under the care of her cousin Alexi while Lavash had been away from camp. Lavash tells them that while there had been no signs of Arabella, two things were discovered by the search party looking for. One being a silver ring with a strange encryption on it, and the other being the headless body of one of the Vistani residents, a man by the name of Jan. Lavash tells you that he has given the ring to one of the dusk elves named Kashmir, um, who is down at the base of the hill. You went and visited Kashmir, and you were given the ring and told that while he was unfamiliar with the symbol found on the ring, you might be able to discover more information in the library of the Burgomaster back in Vallaki. 
Um, you went and investigated, or tried to investigate, <laughs> the area where Jan's body had been discovered, and you came up empty-handed and finally just went to the Burgomaster's house, where you pleaded with the Burgomaster to allow you to have access to his vast collection of books in the hopes of finding clues to help you locate Arabelle. While the Burgomaster was completely unaffected by the story of a missing child, he did agree to allow you access to his collection if you would help get to the bottom of a problem that he was having in his own home, which was the presence of a spirit. Agreeing to do so, you search the library for hours, but come up empty-handed and no closer to figuring out the mysterious symbol on the ring. That is, until the Burgomaster's young son, um, Victor, looking for more reading materials himself, entered the library holding a spell book that once belonged to the great mage Mordekainen, which was embossed with the silver decoration matching the symbol on the ring. Victor invites you up to his attic workroom where he informs you of Mordekainen's presence in Barovia and that the symbol matches that of the symbol representing a tower in Barovia that was built by the Archmaid Kazan. It is here that Victor also introduced you to the spirit that is haunting the home, which turned out to be the soul of Fiona Vacher's daughter, Stella, whose soul has been separated from her body after a mishap using the teleportation circle that dick, Victor. <laughs> What's on your mind? Victor, that Victor has designed in his workroom. After returning to the Blue Water Inn to regroup and decide your next course of action, you were informed by Danica Martikov that Isaac, the Burgomaster henchman, had come into the inn looking for Irina. Um, with no explanation as to what he wanted from the young woman, Danica tells you that her and Erwin have hidden Irina in the safe room in the inn. Marina and Sath checked on Irina and they find her warm and snug in a hidden attic room surrounded by a lot of ravens. They decide to leave Irina where she is and you continue on to the tower. Arriving at the tower! You managed to discover the riddle that opens the door and you were able to gain access inside with some really sweet breakdancing moves from Sathriel. However, upon reaching the final floor of the tower, after finally asking the gargoyles controlling the lift up, please, you were confronted by a very angry dampier who instantly is on the defensive and was ready to attack. Somehow you managed to convince the Dampier that you were not a threat to him or to the young girl Arabella. You find that the Dampier is Velikar, an outsider who was brought into Barovia about a year ago with another traveling party. He explains that most of his party was returned to their own land, but he believes that they might that they had gotten too strong for Strahd's liking. Um, he, however, managed to remain with the help of a man by the name of 
Van Richten so that he could keep an eye on Strahd. He introduces you to Arabella, a young girl who, like her great aunt, seems to be touched with a divine sense. Belkar explained to you that Jan was tasked with kidnapping Arabella and handing the child over to Strahd, and that Belkar, who has a close relationship to the girl, beheaded Jan and brought her to the tower for safety. All of you came to an agreement that the next morning you would travel back to the Vistani camp and reunite Arabelle with her father since Lavash had returned. That night, as you slept, Marina was confronted with the presence of not one, but two very happy versions of Lancelot and find yourself in a discussion about the way time and events work in Barovia. Belkar notes that his own observations are that things are in a sort of time loop, with events and people resetting each time a new party is brought into the land, leaving most inhabitants in Barovia unaware of past events once the reset occurs, with the exception of Vistani blood. He also explains that some in the land have souls while others do not because souls neither enter or leave Barovia, meaning there is not enough souls in Barovia to occupy each person that occupies the land. So as the sun rises on a new morning, this is where you find yourself starting. Rested, awake, even if Sathriel had a rather rude awakening with his tin hat and ready to start a new day. Not much anymore, <laughs> but I'm, I'm it is rising. Like yes. I'm just chilling with my dragon arms. What are y'all doing? Wakey um, wakey. So, uh, so we... What was our next thing we were gonna try to do since we? Well, from here we can we can head back to the camp. Then we gotta bring the little girl back. Yeah. Well. And he, uh, the damp here. Or you say fuck it. Oh, the good Valkar say. He, he said keep he the would, door. Oh, he, no, he, he said he would uh, make it back to the camp. Okay. But we had questions for the uh, the brother because we were the damp here was pretty sure that he was under Strugs. Uh, Clawman's. Oh, was it Isaac's? Yeah. Like one of Isaac's watchmen. Gotcha. Spies. I'm mixing everything. <laughs> uh, this is what happens whenever I don't get sleep. I remember stuff. <laughs> this is what happens when I do get sleep. I forget everything. And much. obviously had one bottle ball. Uh, a double. <laughs> you did that on purpose. Get back to camp. Alright. Go beat so, shit out of, uh, was it, uh, Argyle. You, you watch as, as Velcar goes over to the bed where Arabella is sleeping and he wakes her. And as her brown eyes open, she sees all of y'all and she smiles. She goes, today is going to be an eventful day. Oh. I just know it. Oh God, we're about to I hope you brought some good weapons with you. Oh no. Don't be scared. 
I see it all. You'll be fine. You sure? Um, so head back to Argyle to, you know. Argyle. Yeah, I'm gonna Argyle! You know, I should have done a Scottish accent. That would have rocked. So as you begin traveling down the trail, leading away from the uh, tower and the wagon, you you get about a quarter of a mile down the trail, and you hear a deep voice that calls out, "Who goes there?" And through the chill mist, you see a large man dressed in drab clothing and a tattered gray cloak. He has shaggy black hair and thick mud and chops. And he's leaning heavily on a spear and has a bundle of animal pelts slung over his shoulder. Just behind him, barely visible in the gloom, stands a grim-faced woman. She has long, dark hair loosely braided, and she holds a spear of her own, the tip glinting in the scarce light, and she wears a cloak wrapped tightly around her chest. It's about a quarter mile down the, the trail from the tower. Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> Are you planning on using the weapons before you figure out who we are? You never know. I'm Zolt. This is Matilda. We're trappers from Kress. Trapping wolf nothing? Trapping anything we can get that we can sell pelts for. And you watch as what little bit of morning light glints off of Zolt's amber eyes. And he says, there's been a tale echoing through these woods as of late. Tale of a, a stunning woman, phantom of some sort, who stalks the paths under the moon's gaze. They say she's not of this world, but of the realm of death itself. You see as he kind of licks his lips. Right. She's said to be a frightful sight. With eyes that burn in you like embers in the darkness. Nope. I haven't heard of her. She travels at night. She travels at night. Carries a wicked blade. Weapon that thirsts for the blood. Oh, and does her blood drink well? You said, uh, Vestana. They say she's Vestana. So I turned to Carabella. Carabella kind of leans to you and says, She's full of shit. <laughs> Sounds like a tall tale or some sort of legend myth. He pauses. He kind of watches you cautiously. You see his lips kind of spread in this wolfish-looking grin. He says, I'm sure that you guys have nothing to worry about with such fine, strong-looking folks like you on the road. And besides, 
How deadly can a tail actually be? Can I roll a perception check to see if I can sniff anything out? Oh yes, you can. <laughs> you do that, please. <laughs> you guys can feel free to sniff asses too. Just <laughs> you gotta beat me on. So you said uh, they both have spears. They both have spears. Spears. And the woman is headed, and the man Zolt and Matilda. Mm-hmm. And what about? Oh, like the so Matilda is hooded and like Zolt is just you know. Yeah, he's uh, just Grizzly Adams looking dude. Goodness. And Nat twenty, baby. Holy shit! First roll of the game. Nat twenty. Damn. You are you smelling them or? Yeah, I'm sniffing in the air. He just got a fish grin. I was like. So the air is mixed with multiple scents. You smell a strong scent of dampier, but you also catch a very strong scent that smell like you. Smell like mm. werewolves. Wait, dampier, so are these motherfuckers dampier? Have dampier? No, we have Velcar with us. And you. Well, so, well, I didn't know Velcar was with us, so yeah, I'm, yeah, dumb. I'm dumb. And he kind of looks you up and down. And and I just kind of give him a wink. <laughs> okay. he, he looks at you. He looks at Leo. Kind of eyeballs him. He says, you look like you come well prepared. Is that silver weapons I see on you? You don't have silver weapons. He's he got a silver Dad. sword. The ones that we have for me? No. Oh, okay. Leo's got a oh, silver yeah. long sword and I was say, we, have, we have not picked those up yet. Several of y'all know. have silver crossbows. I mean, oh, yeah, I, have, I have silver arrows, but mine are in one, just one day. Yeah, right yeah, yeah but session. you've still got silver crossbows on Yeah. And I oh, whatever the DM says is true. <laughs> <laughs> All I have is a silver ring. Oh. So as as you watch his eyes Settle on the silver long sword and the silver cross bolts that you have. His his grip tightens around his spear, and you see his gaze meet that of Matilda's for just a brief, imperceptible moment. And he says, Congratulations on coming into the woods prepared. You notice that his voice just sounds hollow compared to what it was a few moments ago. Do you need a cough drop, sir? <laughs> and he kind of gives you a a nod, and he's like, we're on our way to Perez. Travel safe. And him and Matilda kind of make a, a wide berth around you. So we get again, and we will. Damn it, I was about to get ready to roll for initiative. <laughs> You want to pick a fight with a couple of werewolves? No, but it looked like they were about to attack, so... When they saw the silver, so... I'm assuming you guys are probably from the werewolves in your body. Yeah, probably. Bell Cargo's probably a pretty good assumption. They... They tend to accost travelers. Mm. They don't mess with me too much. Well, I can see why. Plus. Why don't you roll me a d12? Oh, cool. 
Which is worse? Is it lower or higher? Higher. higher. Low is good. I want higher than 12. 12. <laughs> 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 Fuck. PG. Jesus. Oh, Purple worms big coming. Rolls. I know, wake up everybody. Big rolls. Oh, Purple worms coming. As you are walking for about an hour following your encounter with Zolt and Matilda, you run into four Barovian guards. And they look at you and they say, What is your business on these roads? We are protecting these roads from the unsavory sorts. Oh, like the two werewolves are back there? Good job. That would be precise. But they did not pass in front of us, but you are. Well, they noticed we had silver weapons and... Uh, what is your business? Again, good sir, I cannot tell you our business. It's sort of a secret matter. Then I... I'm not inclined to let you pass. Alright, I'm gonna eat your face off. <laughs> no! I try to persuade. Okay, you can definitely persuade. But you also need to think back to one of your very first encounters in Barovia. Oh no. Like, that's why I was gonna say, don't tell them about the silver, because. These are Barovian, and they're, no, they're not Balaki guards. They're Barovian yeah. guards. Okay, I'm sorry. They're from Balaki. I went to set shit about silver weapons. Got you, sorry. We were fucking. Barovia was camp. You might look through your notes. Barovian being the the cunt. We could say that hey, he said he we knew him and that the silver the silver dragon. It was, I forgot what his name was, but oh, we rabbit? ran to their leader on the way to, oh. from one city to the next, and he's like, where are you guys going? And we tell him where we're going. He's like, oh, if you run into any guards, let them know that I cleared you. So one of them was their leader. This is uh, Boudreau and Thibodeau. Boudreau and Thibodeau, how'd you guess? Oh, I didn't, I didn't have that right there. What? Probably missed that. Poor that I know, right? <laughs> right, the love. No, I don't have anything. What do you want? Yeah, I don't. I don't have that. Kreza and Korga. That's what they're married for. What well, is? What well, these are guys in the field that were? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, like the two. No, the first. Okay. Yeah, I remember now. The two people on the road that we met going. Yes. Okay. I don't have them on my new notes, but I had them on my old notes. Kreza and Korga. You might want to write those names down for and later. Yeah, y'all ran into them. I remember now. They were okay. out in the field and they were like, They're like, where the fuck are you going? And then we're like, oh, we're going here. We're escorting our arena. And they're like, oh, if you run into any of our other compatriots, just let them know that I gave you clearance. With that said, go ahead and roll your... Persuasion. Okay. I have uh, guidance. <laughs> so, what do you think? I have guidance. Five. Oh, God. Good no. job. So, in the middle of him talking, can I take a swing? <laughs> no. Uh, so, um. i check my. Uh, before he. They can't. I was like, this isn't going too well. Eight total? Just, uh, <laughs> my hands off. 
Actually, you know what? Roll with advantage because you didn't meet Korga and no. so Kreza. She's being next to the 20s. You get the highest, higher one, right? There we go, nat 20. All right, so what are we saying? Um, uh, we are not of the, what did you say, savory? Unsavory. Yeah, unsavory type. That's we, to let, yet to be determined. We have um, traveled these woods and ran into a couple of your compatriots uh, who told us if we were to ever meet any one of your knighthood that we shall give you their names. And I look over at... <laughs> They instantly, as soon as you say Kreza, they instantly snap to attention. And they're like, if Kreza has given you permission to pass, then we shall let you pass. Yeah. Thank, you. Right. Thank you, good sirs. All right, so the guards let you pass through. Yippee. And you continue down the road. <laughs> well, it wasn't as bad as <laughs> As we're passing, can I let them know, like, yeah, remember our faces. Like, fuckers. Like, indeed, indeed, we will. Be sure to tell Kreza we let you out the room. Yeah. Thanks, sir. We can carry it off, so we're most of We'll remember your names. Fuckstick and Maggot. As you're walking off, you hear one of them, because there's four of them, they you hear one of them turn the other and say do you see the sword that fucker's carrying? <laughs> Holy shit! What's a good thing And the other one's like I'm glad we didn't have to fuck with them. And you hear you hear Arabella kind of giggle under her breath. She's like, I told you y'all be okay. <laughs> So as you get nearer to the camp, all of a sudden, out of the woods comes a dark figure. And you see Argal step out of the woods. You startled us, sir. And he looks upon your party, but then his eyes fix on Arabella. And then he fixes on Velcar. I should have known that you were behind this. What is to keep me from striking you down now? Uh, you really want to ask that question? You see Velcar kind of put his hand in front of Arabelle and push her backwards as he looks over his shoulder and tells you, guard her. I stand up. I stand, I move in front of her. And Arabella looks at you and says, you may need your help on this one. Don't let let anything bad happen. Melkar is the only reason why this little girl isn't currently with the straw right now. So you say. All I know is that we have searched for three, four days now. And if we had anything really nefarious going on, do you think we would just bring you right back up to the camp like nothing happened? <laughs> Come on, think logically here. How do I know you are going to the camp? Uh, uh, we're we're, we're in the direction. We're in the direction. We're literally heading there, bro. Velcar looks at him and says, 
Rather than questioning us, we should be questioning you, Margo. Because I saw you talking to the bats. I saw you talking to Strahd's spies just before Jan was trying to take the child. What do you have to say for yourself? You Strahd sympathizer. Damn it, I was going to say that. You mother... Say it again. You Strahd sympathizer. Everybody say it together. You Strahd sympathizer. <laughs> Explain your own treachery. Argon looks at him. He's like, Velkar, come on. Do you honestly believe that I would do anything to harm a hair on this child's head? She's my niece. Uh, okay. You say, you say you've been searching for three days, but how did we find her in one? I don't know how you managed to find her. Makes it sound like Maybe you were working with this Dampier. Maybe you are not the friends that we thought you might be. Or maybe you... What were your intentions? Our intention is to bring the sword back to the camp and deliver it to her father. So you came in unceremoniously and interrupted our trek. You've already come across two werewolves and a bunch of Barovian guards to get here to deliver her safely. Now we can sit here and banter about it back and forth or we can get her to the camp where she's safe. It's up to you. About this time, Velkar just kind of almost laughs and rolls his eyes and he says, Wait a minute, Velkar doesn't laugh. He doesn't know how. He chuckles. <laughs> he chuckles. And he's like, The hell with this stupid shit. He's about to murder He reaches him. into the bag that he has and he pulls out the head of Jan. He pulls a talisman away from his neck and holds it tight and he murmurs something into it and this talisman begins to glow a bright eerie blue. Ooh, shiny. And he looks at it and he says, I demand that you speak, Jan. And you see the eyes of the head open. And he says, Velkar says, what is your name? And the head in this eerie voice says, I am the Vistani Yacht. Velkar goes, what lord did you serve in life? And the head again, eerie voice says, the vampire, Strahd von Zardich. Belkar again asks, What did your lord command you? Did he command you to kidnap the girl, Arabelle? The, the head again, hears a strange voice. He did, through his servant, the vampire Escher. What did he ask you to do with her? And the voice says, He gave me to take her to the Luna River, where she would be brought to Castle Ravenloft. Finally, Belkar asks, How did you meet your wretched end? 
and the voice says, Man swords cut my head off of my shoulders. Belkar looks at that disgust and a growl. He throws it back in the bag. He says, What more proof do you need, Argyle? I've proven my case. You prove yours. Argyle looks. You can tell that he's shaken by the the fucking the head's testimony. Like, everyone here shaking right now. I'm just like what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm just like, what kind of necromancy bullshit did I just witness? This is cool. And he's like, it's a pretty cool trick, Valkar. But it doesn't necessarily prove anything. It could be just a parlor trick. Then. See, who who was standing beside Arabelle? Me. So you feel her hand lightly on your on your arm, and the warmth of it is almost like a burning fire compared to your cooler skin. She kind of pushes ahead of you. And she says, It's all true, Uncle Argyle. Jan tried to kidnap me. Velcar rescued me. If I hadn't gone with Velcar and stayed with him for the last few days, I wouldn't be here to tell you it's the truth. I'd be in the castle with Strahd, singing like a little bird for him. And I, I did hear Jan asking another man, about whether Castle Ravenloft would pay its debts in exchange for my whelps delivery. You know, and then I heard coins being exchanged. So I think you need to learn to trust Velcar. He has never betrayed our, our people. And these adventurers have sought me out when others couldn't. And I think they are a friend to the Vistani. Both, you could tell that both Belkar and Argyle are at odds with decisions that they're trying to make and trying to trust each other. And Arabelle looks at you guys and she goes, they're never going to come to a decision. It's up to you. Up to hey? Let's do this then. How about we, uh, we take Arabella back and we leave these two behind and stare at each other all day? Let's, let's <laughs> I'm going to Belkar say, says, I am not leaving this child aside. Okay. And Argyle is like, well, I'm not letting you leave with this child. Either. Okay. Then so how about we all go together? Yeah. Arabelle goes, you know, I'm right here. I do have a name, you know. We, we, can, we can take, as a group, we can take our, our Arabelle to her father. You can make sure she gets delivered safely, and we can tell our, our her father, Lavash, what happened. And then he can make that decision. As I recall, he is the leader of your group, not you. So what will it be? Two kind of stare at each other. 
Argyle looks so sad. I do not believe you would think I would betray my own niece, my brother. Elkar goes, well, I saw you talking to the guys. That's rather uncomfortable for me when your brother is gone. But the party makes a good argument. I am willing to travel and let Lavash sort it all out. Are you? And you see Argyle kind of give a, a growl under his breath and he says, Fine, but one mistake, Velcar. And I swear to God, I will destroy you. Velcar just kind of, I'd like to see you try. So much tension. <laughs> and Arabelle's like, all right, with that settled, can I go see my dad now? <laughs> yes, 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 of course. Let's let's head out right away. Are you two done with minds bigger than yours? If not, I'd like to see my dad. <laughs> All right, boys, time to hold hands and make out. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not right now. That's after after the watch is like okay. <laughs> All right, if, if the uh, unpleasantries are finished, then just please proceed. So, you head into the camp, past the Dusk Elves, who are still sitting the day later on the front step of their stoop, passing their joint back and forth. Hey, that's just their favorite spot, okay? It is. They're always there. They probably sleep there, not going to And lie. you hear one of them go, hey, you found her. We did. Indeed, we did. Lavash will be in a good mood. Indeed. Partying tonight. Yeah, not as good as the mood you're in right now, really. Yep. We'll let Kashmir know after we finish this. Of course, afterwards. Yes, of course. Keep on token, boys. On token. And you head up to the, the camp. As you make your way with Arabelle in the front, as if she is the party leader, <laughs> you start hearing murmurs as the other Vistani look and see, and they start joining, and everybody's following in behind you. As you make your way to the main tent, you see Lavash, who is organizing yet another search party. And he immediately sees his daughter and his eyes fill with both relief, concern, and he drops everything and he rushes towards you, ignoring you, but instead grabs his daughter and lifts her up in the biggest bear hug that you've seen, tears streaming down his face. As Arabelle wraps her arms around her father's neck and everybody is letting out a collective sigh of relief and joyous excitement at the return of their precious Arabella. Arabella. Aw, this is so wholesome. Rare moment in Curse of Strahd. And you see Velcar kind of step back behind. Not 
as if he's trying to avoid the situation, but where he just does not want to be front and center. And as Lavash hugs her closely, he looks at you and his eyes fall upon all of you. And he says, thank you. Where did you find her? She was almost kidnapped, but Belcar here saved her. And has been keeping her safe while we were hunting down the bats. It is now friend center. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go step outside for a moment. <laughs> He's gonna go join the Dusk Elves and finish that joint. So, with, with Kerfina bringing the attention to Velcar, <laughs> Velcar <laughs> steps forward. I'm sorry, Lavash. I did not mean to cause you worry. I knew you were gone. Arabella had told me you were away from the camp for several days. And I had suspicions about Argyll. And with Jan's involvement in trying to kidnap your daughter, I thought it would be best to protect her until I knew she was safe back I do not want to see Strahd get his hands on your daughter and use the, her abilities against the people here. And I just did not feel, with you being gone, that the camp could protect her without you, especially when I had my doubts. Lavash, you see some anger. You see several different emotions play across his face. Emotion. First, the relief, then the anger, then some confusion when they mention, when Velkar mentions Arabelle possibly not being safe with Argyll. He says, why would you question my brother? Again. Velkar is like, I saw your brother speaking to Strahd's spies just before Jan tried to kidnap Arabelle. And Lavash immediately turns his attention to his brother. And he says, brother, explain. He's looking at his brother like this. Explain. It's like, bitch. And Argyll says, it's true, I was speaking to the spies, but it was not about Arabelle. It had nothing to do with Arabelle. And even Strahd would be a fool to think I would betray our family. And my favorite niece, and Argyll, or Lavash goes, your only niece. Your hmm. only niece? And Argyll's like, exactly, brother. My only niece. And I love her more than anything. Inside check time. Okay. I'm rolling. I'm, I'm rolling. rolling. Okay, we're both rolling. Let's see who gets a higher roll. What the fuck is one? Piece of shit. 17. Let me see what my add-ons are. We're gonna both do it inside. Let me fix my thing. Hang on. I need to load uh, beyond. 
19. I don't think you're gonna beat that. Yeah. Try it. Well, let me see what. Go. Guidance. <laughs> okay. Keep 21. 21. You can both tell that he's full of shit. Because both of y'all have a, a keen sense of, of smell to start with. You do not sense that Argyle is lying. He's, he's being truthful. But he's still scummy for talking to the bats. Again, he, he reiterates, I would never do anything to betray this family, to betray you, my brother, or to betray Arabelle. Us? Then why were you talking to the bats? Did you say that out loud? I did. He looks at you and he says, For you, I have no loyalty to you. I do not know you. So we're the ones that say your yeah. not you. And I'm thankful for that. But we're so, not, we're not so show some credit. <laughs> and then he looks at you and he says, I was talking to the bats because they were reporting to me that... Escher was in the area. But they would not explain to me why Escher had ventured as far as the Vistani area. And I was trying to get to the bottom of it. Escher. Who's Escher? Escher is... We don't look the part of it. Escher's daughter. Escher's outfit. Yes. Velkar explained to Escher to you. Escher is one of Strahd's wives. He is the male wife. He is the male wife. About this time, Arabelle kind of pulls a little bit back from her father. And uh, her voice is very soft and, and comforting. As she says, I don't think anybody here has any ill will towards me, father. This party went out of their way and put their lives on the line. They were willing to fight Velkar to recover me and bring me back to you. And Velkar has been protecting me like he always does. And she reaches around her neck and she pulls another talisman. It's a little bit different from the one that Velkar has around his neck. And she says, Velkar has given me this. And he says, this will keep Strahd from being able to find me and know him where I'm at. Pretty helpful tool, if you ask me. Indeed. And, and Velkar explains that this talisman keeps Strahd from being able to spy. scry, not spy, but scry, on Arabelle and locate her. Basically does the exact same thing that the tower was doing, but does it outside the tower. Mm. Blocks all of Strahd's magic from being able to affect Arabelle. That's Creates pretty, a dead zone, I guess you could say. That's pretty neat. A little bubble of protection. If you have the Yes, indeed. Can we all get one of those? Yeah! Oh shit, right? Mm. Yeah, Velkar kind of shakes his head and he's like, I only know of two. 
I had one, Van Richten has the other. I've used mine for the past few months to keep myself away from Strahd's um, perception, but I'm sacrificing it for her. Plus your tower kind of does the same thing, right? Well, that is true. And I will go back to the tower. That's probably but for Strahd will know I'm here once I'm out of the realm of this house. And Strahd should be worried. So how big of a... Like a... Range does the Talisman have? Uh, about a ten foot. Uh, about a ten foot diameter. The Velcar looks at Lavash. He said, I do not feel my, my duty is done. If you will allow, I would like to stay in the camp so that I can watch over Arabelle. I will stay in the shadows if you want, but I do not wish to travel far in case my protection is needed. And I will do everything in my power to protect her. If you are willing. And if you are not willing, I'll stay in the shadows. But I will still be here. Why even ask? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be here whether you like it or not. <laughs> Basically. You're going to see my mother or not. Lavash looks at him and says, You have. Never proven yourself to not be a friend of my camp. We will get a tent set up for you. We will not have a friend sleeping in the woods. And Arabelle's like, told you everything would work out. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> but all of a sudden she, she goes, Dad, can you put me down for a minute? And he sets her down and you see her run off. And as you watch, she runs to a pile of toys over in the tent. Yes! And she grabs one of them and she comes back. And she steps up to you, Marina. Oh no. And she says, Have a few. Here you go. No! <laughs> I think you need to keep this. It's the fucking fear bee. It's the fear bee. <laughs> Just because you said something. <laughs> well, I told you. My dad's going to throw it in the fire if you don't take it. It always comes back to haunt us. Uh, I'm gonna uh, try to sneak it into Beaner's bag just because uh, he's not here and he deserves it. Give me a sleight of hand. <laughs> Give me a sleight of hand. Sixteen. So while Beaner is watching things play out between Velcar, Lavash, and Argyle, you slip the Furby into 
his uh his bag silently and I will definitely in his big brown sack <laughs> and I will definitely have that play out in the next session. <laughs> he's gonna be like he's gonna be like the mommy. This is what you get for not being here. And Lavash says he, he looks at all of you he says you are friends I would like to reward you. So he brings you to a wagon, and you see it has, the door has two locks on it. And Lavash takes out a key, and he unlocks one of the locks. And he looks at Argyll, and he says, brother. Argyll produces the second key and unlocks the second. Yeah. <laughs> and you see inside this wagon there are a lot of items. And he says, I will allow you to pick one treasure out of this wagon. Like one for all of us? Or? One for all of you to share. Oh. Yes. So you see a wooden chest. You see an iron chest. You see a small onyx jewelry box with gold filigree on it. You see a wooden throne with some gold inlay and decorative stones on it. You see a 10 foot square rolled up rug with something, it's misshapen in the middle. There's a body in there, I don't want it. And no. you see a small wooden box. Run, 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 and he run, says, run. choose wisely. Nobody say a damn thing. Nope. I don't know. It's, it's not up to you. You get to choose. I wouldn't. So who's choosing? That one. Or these two choosing? Because you weren't here from this house in I'm so. going to let her choose. Okay. Uh, the third item, the small little box with the... There's a wooden chest, an iron chest, a small jewelry box, onyx jewelry box with gold filigree, a wooden throne, okay. and the rug. a rolled up rug, and a small wooden box. I'm going to the onyx box. Onyx box. So you pick up the onyx jewelry box. I always choose and you open it up and you find six pieces of cheap ass jewelry yes. <laughs> and a potion that glows green. Okay. Uh, if I remember last time, we got multiple items out of the thing. And like half of them are all garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Velcar looks at Lavash and he says, Lavash, this was your daughter. The one thing that you prize more than any other treasure in this land. Don't you think they deserve a little bit more than that? And Lavash kind of thinks about it. Arabelle goes, yeah, Dad, you're not worth a little bit more than a 
potion of poison and some junk jewelry. Lavash says, He looks at the contents of the wagon. He says, grab you two more things. I grab oh. the rope. But avoid that wooden box. It's a piece of shit. I grab the rope. You didn't say you could. That oh. one. Oh. That one gets to choose. So you well, said You could talk to her, though. Like, why would I avoid the wooden box? Snake oil, basically. It's... We well, tell, another prize that's equivalent, but you just got. Don't we we tell. Oh, I was not to be green. We tell people that it's a potion to help them get out of this. It's not. That's false. We sell it for five hundred gold, and that's that's a pretty easy swindle right there. You're a fucking con yeah, artist. What a, the fuck? That's not too nice. This is um, a rough landing. I made money somehow. Yeah. So I guess for the last two, I'll pop open the the wooden chest and then the iron chest. Wait, she, he said ignore the wooden chest. Oh no, I thought you said the wooden box. No, the wooden box. Oh. Ooh. I no. tried, guys. Okay, that's fine. I didn't. I just didn't want to go for the rug. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh no. You want to know what was in the rug? Pedal it. Pedal it was in the rug. Yes. <laughs> So you open the wooden chest and you get 1200 electrum uh, pieces. Holy fudge nuggets! What the fuck is that? And you open the iron chest and you see it is filled with roughly 650 gold pieces. Aha! I'm rich now. And then the jewelry box that you took to begin with. Is worth about 250 gold pieces. The cheap jewelry is about 50 gold pieces a piece. There's six pieces in it. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. That was like 10 copper pieces. Yeah. Bubblegum machine jewelry. So you said the Onyx box was 200? 250. It's got six pieces of cheap jewelry worth about 50 gold pieces. And a potion of poison. And that's worth about a hundred gold pieces. Also. Give it to Anya. <laughs> Anya. No potion. So the Onyx box itself is two fifty copper, or was it gold? Gold. Oh wow. Yeah. And then you watch as Lavash and Argo put the locks back on. So, right. what are y'all doing? All right, we're down here. Now that you're rich. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. It's about midday, afternoon. It's about 10, 11. Yeah, because we've only gone from the tower here. Alright. Uh, so from here. About this time, you feel a warm hand take you by the hand. You look down and you see Arabella looking at you with wide brown eyes. I ain't got any care anymore. She, she says, Typher, can I speak with you for a moment? If it's about what I think it's about, what I was just about to ask you about, yes. <laughs> so she kind of pulls you away from the party. 
She says, I had a feeling you had a question. I do. Knowing that you seem to know everything. What is, what was, what could be. I have to ask if I had made my decision a different way, what would have happened? I know you know what I mean. I know. And I know that you have a lot of apprehension about what decisions you have made. What I see is not always what comes to me. But what I do see is that I see the rest of your party, the ones that you have come to care for, lying lifeless on the ground, bloody, broken, their bodies mangled, all but one. One stands apart from the garbage. Sathra wields his massive sword and there's a profound sadness in his face. And in his hands, he holds your severed head. It's a future where your comrades paid the ultimate price. And you met first men. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's what could have happened. And- the path you were on without Sea Rock's pact was fraught with danger and chaos. And you sought control over your beast to protect the innocent. But had you not, you would have inadvertently led your party to their demise. The absence of Sea Rock's power would have left a void. And the darkness of Barovia would have consumed you all. Yeah, but Sea Rock himself is just another evil entity in this Well, Sea Rock's power is of darkness. And his attention intentions might not always align with your own. He may aid you in your quest, but he also demands a heavy price. Trust him cautiously. For the line between ally and betrayer in the land of Barovia is often a thing. Yes, I can sort of come to some peace now. If it at least matters the chances of me not harming my own party members, not harming anyone who doesn't have it coming for me, I can accept the responsibility of having to pay that. The path that I see you on following your path at Sea Rock is far less blue. I appreciate the insight and thank you for telling me. I'm glad that I can at least put your mind at some ease about your decision. Chris, I have one more question for you. Yes. And 
I'm not asking for a direct answer because I know that the future isn't written and things can change depending on what decisions you make, but do we at least have a chance of defeating fraud and getting out of this? When you have met my great aunt, Madame Ava, and Madame Ava is a very complex figure. She holds the knowledge of the past, the present, and the future even more than I do. And she has her own agenda that's tied to the mysterious forces of Barovia. She guided you, partly because it serves her own purpose, but she's an ally. And in a land like this, few alliances are without shades of gray, even if her agenda isn't enough. But if she leads you on the path, that says that you can defeat Strahd and you can return to your home. And I think it is fair to say that you can trust her and take that at value. Your party is made up of people with good hearts. Trust in them. Do not allow the Dark Lord to tear you apart. And you will find yourselves able to accomplish what you wish. I'll take that advice to heart. Very well. And I know our paths will cross again, Diana. Oh, I'm sure we'll see each other again. But now I think it's time that we continue on in our quest. You have a long way to go. And a short time to get there. And while that is going on, Marina, you feel amber eyes kind of fall upon you as Velcar is watching. looks at you and he says, a water genesis. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought about how you can use your abilities against Strahd? We have, but I don't know if like it'll do any good. You manipulate water. Okay. You need to learn to use that to erect barriers, shape water into weapons. You can use that to control your battlefield and help to control Strahd's movements. Strahd cannot pass through water. Very useful when you get to that point. A land where water is scarce your control over it can provide a very tactical advantage. 
Fog is nothing but water. Your ability to manipulate the water can also manipulate the fog to some degree. Use it to obscure vision. Create cover for your allies. Won't be useful against Strahd as he has more control of the mist than you ever will. But against his minions, definitely be your advantage. Travel After he converses with Marina Sadel, Velcar looks at you. He says, Being a damp here in this land is a unique and challenging position. Our heritage makes us both intriguing. Invaluable to Strahd. As he seeks to expand his influence and his lineage here. But it also makes us targets. You need to remember that knowledge is power in Barovia. Learn as much as you can about this land. Its history, its inhabitants. Strahd is a very patient and cunning adversary. Knowing his weakness and the secrets of his past, it's going to give you a hell of an advantage. How do I, how do I communicate? <laughs> you open your mouth and words come out. And it sounds like... And about this, as he's talking to her, talking to him, Sadol is like fanboying big time. Oh my god, <laughs> it's Valgar talking to me. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. <laughs> cool. Come on, role play. I don't know how to respond to that. I'm like, I'll, I'll try to figure, I'll see if I can figure out his his weakness to the best of my ability, and I'll try not to fall into his trap. You know. Well, he guards his vulnerabilities well, but there's a few things you need to be aware of. Firstly, Strahd's connection with Barovia is both his strength and his weakness. <laughs> it's Strahd! He's calling you! His connection to Barovia is both his strength and his weakness. He draws his power from the land. So any actions that weakens the curse on this land could potentially weaken him. But breaking the curse is a immense magnitude. He has an obsession with a woman named Tatiana. 
who he believes is reincarnated in various forms. Irina. His obsession with her has made him vulnerable, emotional. Mm. You can find a way to exploit that weakness and use it to distract him. It might offer you an advantage. Learn to use your spider climb. When it comes down to your fight, he will use it against you. Use it against him. I'll try my best. I know you will. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I don't know how to talk to anybody. I've been waiting for this moment for four billion years and here I am making a fool out of myself. You're all right. It's okay. Being starstruck is fine. I'm gonna go find something. Some booze. Oh, I forgot you the the woozy dwarf kid. I'm a dwarf. I need some. I need some of the strong shit. Damn it. I I need I need the strong well, shit. Well, you hear you hear music and celebration coming from the main tent area, and you follow the sound as celebratory, and find that the barrels of wine have been tapped and it is a free-flowing party to celebrate the returning of Lavash's daughter. <laughs> Drink up, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna grab the biggest cup I ever like, up I can find. Alright, what are y'all doing? Oh, you're about to go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> Think she's about to beat somebody's ass. Uh, I'm gonna stop it. No! Uh, so yeah, it's about midday. Let's go grab some lunch. Oh, the, before we go, I want to uh, ask Bell Leave me alone! Alright. So you walk over to Velcar, who's just kind of watching everything. No, I just kind of stand next to him and also go back and scratch all his shoulders. I you still have that thick soap. You smell like wet dog. I have a question for you. Um, if we get to the point where the time comes where we have to face Strahd, can we count you as an ally? Can help us? I answered this question for you this morning. On answers and asking again after all you've seen today. Indeed. If you get to the point where you even have a chance at taking Strahd off, I will be by your side. I have been waiting for my chance to take him on for quite some time now. I have some scores I'd like to settle with this on I just want to be sure. As you probably know, allies are hard to come by in this land. I want to make sure that people like me don't want I know how that works. And from what you told me, your party told me last night, sounds like you'll also have Esmeralda on your side. And if I could think of one other person I would want fighting beside me, it would be her. Oh, 
So you have me and you will have her. Maybe this time we can actually defeat the bastard. I would like to see that happen. <clears throat> I have grown quite tired of Barovia. I've been here a lot less time than you have, but I'm already tired of the entire so is everyone else be monsters that I have encountered here. I have grown bored of It's time for some fresh I think I'm suffering from the seasonal effect of this disorder. I haven't seen the sun. Oh, I'm not one to miss the sun. Well, I know you're not. Either is Taylor. I didn't regularly take trips to the Sword Coast to Sunday, but I'm sure my cat would appreciate something other than Barovian mice for dinner. He reaches up and he strokes the, the cat that's sitting on his shoulder. Alright, what are you guys doing? She's getting drunk. I, I would suggest that we go back. This is just my suggestion. We don't have to do this. But uh, I suggest we go back to Velaki, check in with Irina Irinovich, and then maybe get some lunch before we head back out. That sounds like a good idea. Are you going to Bullshit! But don't forget. You have that, but you also have the dinner. Tonight. So it's oh, yeah. tonight. Tonight. So maybe we ought to do the dinner first then, because I don't know if we can make it to the wood of the wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's go uh, help the well, ghost girl. We got monies, we can go find some nice clothing. Yeah. Get on down the sacks, get that in. Let's do it. Yep. Let's go on a shop, it's pretty bridge. How far is the camp from Alaska? About 45 minutes. That's what I like about Barovia. Everything's close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barovia's like. You can get to one side or the other in a day. Where mm-hmm. is like this entire fucking base. And it's so even... That is another arc y'all have finished. Yeah. Alright, people, where's it at? Where's it at, God damn it? What? Don't have it yet. What? No. So, you go and you grab the drunk dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> And start dragging her wobbly ass down the road back towards Barovia. Oh, it's so good. We can't go too much. Or towards Velaki. I thought we had dinner. I thought we brought some wine with us or something. We do. I have a whole bottle in my fucking bag. Uh, We have some more. Danica gave you a couple bottles too and y'all laughed around. Yes. Yeah, I got a few right here. And. As you pass close to the gates of Velaki and you see the wolves' heads speared on to outside the gate, Pfeiffer, you remember what Arabelle said and it gives you a shudder that passes through you, knowing what your fate could have been. And you make your way to the Blue Water Inn. And Danica sees you come in. You can tell she's a little bit apprehensive at first when the door opens, but as soon as she sees you, she relaxes. 
She goes, beet soup and wolf steaks. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> food, please, food. Bottles of wine all around, right? I yep. I think maybe some water will do for a short for the shorty over here. Hey, fuck you. Can I do I am tall for a dwarf, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got water on me, don't I? I'm gonna do a nice little shape of water and just kind of, you know, splash her in the face. <laughs> hey, we have a dinner party to go through the night. So we're gonna fuck up. Good. You need to be good for dinner. Let's party now, not later. Party now. So Danica comes and brings tray of food, bread. Nah, says. Your friend's still up in the attic room. Everything's been fine. Just kind of making sure that your red-armed friend doesn't show back up. Danica comes over. She says, Diaper, I'm not giving you any raw steaks. We've already established that. I asked him for it. Okay, what can I do for you? Uh, just some information. Uh, where might we be able to go in town to find some more fine clothing? Basically, pain? Yeah. To the Marshall. Marshall, Sears, the men's warehouse. You're gonna like how you look. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I need cloth to put over my armor. <laughs> Not even like you're a not even get out of here, are you? No. They just so, put some diamonds in silk rope over here. You're definitely going to. What what kind of clothes are you looking for? Party clothes, looking for a formal dinner. Former dinner. You're going to want to go to the Happy Dash. It's over. You've already been to Blinsky twice, mm-hmm. right? I'm sorry. It's over in that area. The Happy Dash. Oh, Happy Dash. The Baller Dash. Happy Dash. Happiness. Yeah. Bonsai for runs out things. His clothing are some of the best. A tuxedo. A tuxedo? Maybe a little top hat or in a monocle would suffice for a little uh, time. Anything else? Oh, that's all I need. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Always appreciative of you. Don't mind her. And she's... she gives you a charming smile. She goes, "Don't worry, we're, we'll continue to keep Irina safe too." Yes, thank you. That is very thank much you appreciated. And Sado is just eating his wolf steak. He's like, he's enjoying this shit. He's like, no, 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 no. yes. Like me right now with the burger. So what are y'all doing or talking while y'all eat? Let's discuss what m- might happen at this little dinner party thing. Well, I already said that I would go and uh, you know venture in the room. Fiona. Yeah, I'm about to. Like, uh, it need be. Uh, I'll sneak upstairs and do some rummaging around. Mm-hmm. A good excuse you could use is to use the bathroom. Yeah, just stay there for 
What hours? Oops. I have, I have deep water. We're about to. What? We blessed. Kerfina, how much did you drink, Gary? I'll pay what the fuck? <laughs> a little one like you drinking that much fucking ale. What the Bitch, hell? Bitch, I'm tired. Holy shit. Wine, my friends. Wine. There is no ale in oh. Barovia. Oh. Damn it, there needs to be ale. And rum. Just wine? Damn, where's the, where's the rum? That's funny. I'm sure Stry is on that liquor cabinet, but everyone else gets fucked. Yeah. After, well, after we go and save Ghost Girl, what are we doing later? Oh, I'll, I'll just go fuck myself. He's it's snoring. okay. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I don't know. He's snarling. He's like. <laughs> oh. I'm so <laughs> Alright, well, I'm, I'm done with lunch. I'm heading down the street to, uh... Yeah, let's go. Yep, Sam, I shall, I shall accompany you. I'm done with my After delicious. the dinner, we still need to go check on the winery. Now that I'm leaving, the alcohol is leaving the winery. We should we're gonna do that after. Why, why is she swaying? Well, not night time, but like tomorrow. That way we can go check on that and maybe put a little sneak bite to us and free food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice! I think she said something about travel. Which front door? Her words are so slurred <laughs> that you're not exactly sure what she said, but it sounded good. <laughs> She's giggling like like a little girl. And Plask is just looking at you like you Silently. are an idiot. Got <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So we are headed to our Dress you find the store, the Habendash. It's this little cottage looking place with yellow um, shingles and red trim. And the sign has a spool of thread with two needles. And it says Habendash. You open the door and the smell of fabric as well as the warmth of a fire and soft candlelight makes the inside of the tailor shop quite inviting. The walls are lined with colorful arrays of fabric and thread and a large wooden table in the center of the room serves as a, a workstation. And then on one side of the room is racks of fabric the other side is an array of different clothing and sewing supplies. And there's 
towards the back of the room, there's two comfortable chairs in front of a hearth of, for customers to sit in. And there's a pot of tea bubbling with a hint of lavender coming from it. And as someone who does sewing, this place sounds like heaven. And in one corner of the room is a dedicated spot of pre-made garments, such as tunics, cloaks, hats, and dresses. And you see the tailor himself perched upon a high stool, his hands full of needles and thread as he busily works on his latest creation. And he sees you and he says, do come in, come in, make yourselves at home. Salutations. Look around and I will help you with anything that you need. Thank you, good sir. This place is quite cozy, ain't it? I hope to make it so. It's quite nice in here. Perhaps I, I enjoy it. I don't get as much business as I would like. But for the fine, finer taste in things, people do come here often. Bless them. This is... I am Frederick von Ziffer. What can I do for you? We're going to a party. That's right, Goose. <laughs> we're gonna have some good music and we're gonna be twerking on the floor, right? What? That took a turn. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, yes. Oh, What'd you say? Pause out, pause out, right? Yeah. I would like to ask the owner if there's somewhat of like, if he could produce a dress slash like armor type thing so that I still look beautiful to this event. But if we do start fighting, I will be able to fight my way out of it without getting stabbed that quickly. It kind of looks, he goes, I don't have anything like that. I've got dresses, I don't have armor. No. You could wear your breastplate underneath. That's true. Wear some chain on. We could definitely alter something to accommodate for a chest plate underneath. Because I was thinking something uh, sort of like, like Cersei Lannister in, in like the last season where she kind of has a chest plate over. But yeah, so maybe something. Like that. Well, you don't necessarily want anybody to know what you're packing, right? <laughs> that is true, but... So we can hide such garments underneath the dress. We can accommodate for that. And then, with the proper garters, you can have a, a dagger or something along those lines strapped to your leg. Yeah, yeah okay, we're on the same page. Um, what you need is the perfect murder dress. Yeah, the perfect murder dress, so then I can just, you know, rip a slit in it and then go kill mm -hmm. out character. Especially since you get at that point you have to gird your wings. Yeah. Um, and then I would say on the color, surprise me, whichever you think suits. So he looks you up and down at your blue skin, your white hair, 
universal. Yellow definitely not work. Red. Why? Kind of looks again. Wish I might have just. He walks over to his racks, kind of ruffles through them. And he pulls out a seafoam green dress. It's a pale color with not too much lace, a little bit of a darker green satin embellishments on it. And he looks at the hemline on it. He says, do you have time for alteration? I guess so. I mean, we're all here to we can we could put a slit up on one side which would allow for you to have access to your weapon but would still be billowy enough to hide it as you are. so he hands it to you and he says there's a, a dressing room in the back we'll try it on and you put it on and for the most part, it fits. It's not tailored to you, but it, it's acceptable, except for it's a full um, bottom on it. Yes, I think that'll work well. The color looks right. Are you gonna do your hair up or down? I just He walks over to the the side that has all his fabrics and stuff. Looks over some various ribbons. He pulls out a length of, of this darker green. It's not like a hunter green. It's not an emerald green. It's like four shades darker than the shade of the dress. And he holds it up to your hair. He says, yes, 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 I do. This will work nicely. He says, if you will just stand over there, I will come and alter it. He tells the rest of you, go ahead and figure out what you would like. Yay! And I'll get to you in just a moment. And so he grabs a, a big pair of metal shears. And he almost cringes when he first starts to cut the side of this dress. But he says, no, this is going to be. I will make it even better than it was. Why is he cringing? Because he just had to cut his dress. Oh. Oh yeah, that's true. But... And he slices it up high on the hip. And then he gets to work. He runs over to his notions area and he gets some bedazzlement, some sparklies. Before you know it, you have this high slit, but it still closes when you're standing. It's not like wide open, like Angelina Jolie with her leg out dress. And he, it's got these beautiful sequin beads running down it. And he looks at it, he says, yes, my dear, this is it. What do you think? The chef's kiss. All right. Now, who's next? All right, young man, what would you like? He's got a nice little suit and tie, maybe a little compact, and maybe 
like a little bow tie. But I said, just said, I just said suit and tie. You're young. Bow ties, no, no, no. That's Strahd wears ties. No, we don't want that for you. You are young. How am I? He looks at your coloring. He says, pretty pale. Not much sun. We don't think we need to go black with you. We definitely don't want to go white with you. Nice, maybe a slight gray with a black shirt should work for you. Or maybe red, like a deep red. No, 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 no red, no red for you. You're, you're young, vibrant. How, how is Sado young? You look young. You were a dampier, right? Well, yeah, but I kind you of, were old, but you. I kind of imagine him looking a little bit more like he's in his thirties. That's still young, honey. Hmm. Not you. You don't get to, you should. Thirty is young. Thirty is young. Very young. Daddy, that one's I guess she thinks I'm decrepit. <laughs> My mom farts wind or dust. <laughs> so, he comes out with, goes over to the the racks that have men's clothing, and he pulls out a slate gray suit with pants. Kind of looks at your shoes. He says, are we doing shoes too? Perhaps. He walks over and he finds a pair of shoes. He's like, here, here, tramp, put these on. But you might like your other shoes better. Um, and he goes over and he looks at the dress shirts. And he says, we could try. He pulls out a black shirt, and he also pulls out a red shirt. And he hands it to you. He says, there's a dressing room in the back. Try on whichever shirt you would like. And try them both and see which one you like best, and then come out and we'll alter the the sleeves and the, uh, the cuffs on the pants. Okay. Who's next? They're also like little hats, little top hats. We'll get to the hats after we get there. Okay. Let's see a second. I know hats I'm... I can't adjust. We just put those on top of your head and you're out the door. Yep. <laughs> I ask him if he has any uh, cult clothing. Cult? 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 A uh, cult, yes. He looks at you and he says, I don't get many your size in here. Are, are you just want to go? No, like something weird. I need to make sure in my mind. Plask has green skin, right? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure because sometimes orcs have like a, a dullish blue and sometimes they're gray. But for some reason, I had green hulk looking uh-huh. in my head. So I want to make sure that we're on the same page. Yeah, green skin. So he looks at you and he's like, green. Cold. Oh. He goes over and he looks through his stuff and he looks at you. 
looks back at you and he looks at his stuff and he looks back at you and he says, How's your legs look? Bike legs. Do you skip leg day? You never skip leg day. Alright. Every day is leg day. So, he pulls out this crimson cloak. It's not exactly red, it's a little bit darker, almost like a, um, the red of a darker poinsettia. Okay. It's crimson. Yeah, it's crimson. And he holds it out and he says, might be showing off some calf with this. Most people around here are not quite as tall as you are. But let's try it. There's a dressing room in the back. He's giving me a cloak. It's like a, uh, you said you wanted something cultish. So it's like an acolyte robe with a hood. Oh, I wonder what the cult has to do with what? He asked for cult clothing. I did understand right, right? Yes. Did I understand the yes. assignment? <laughs> you know, they don't dress in tuxedos when you go to your cult meetings. Yeah. Then he looks at you, and he's like, I went from big guy to you. All right, uh, ma'am, what am I doing for you? Something either white and gold. White or gold? And flowy. And flowy. Not hard for you. It's not hard to be flowy for you. Huh? So it's not gonna be hard to be flowy for you because you're gonna show So he, he walks over. Just throw a cup. Oh, I bet she got me. There you go. There it is. He walks over and he pulls out this white dress with gold trim with this long, almost like a wedding dress. And he kind of holds it up and three quarters of the dress drapes the, the floor once he holds it up to you and he says, this will be doing some alterations. We can do that. Eric, go try it on. Don't trip coming out. But if nothing else, I can just wear my, my clarifier. Hey, sorry, Daddy. So, what about it's you? Armor man. He walks over. He grabs a red bow tie. He hands it to you. <laughs> I think we're good. You have this in a clip on. I prefer for my enemy to not have something that they can strangle me with. He says. Or just like a He takes sticky. the bow tie back. He walks over to his notions and he pulls out a ruby brooch. And he kind of tries to put it on, rubs it, and he says, it's magnetic. And he sticks it. Time! Yeah. I'll take the bow tie. He tosses the bow tie to you. Yeah, but I wanted the bow tie. He said I was too young. When you look like him, you don't, de you don't deny him what he wants. <laughs> He doesn't skip leg day. 
I'm sure he doesn't skip arm day either. Now for you. <laughs> His neck is like oily. I mean, you need something to expand. I'm not fun and shit. I have to. I'll progress in my Imagine. Alright. Ready to write this down? Uh oh. Remember, I'm a southern gentleman, so I take formal therapy. I'm gonna take some notes and maybe make some alterations because I don't know what I'm doing. I would like a red silk undershirt. With a black overcoat, half waist with tails, with dark gray filigree stitching and silver buttons. I would like a pair of slacks with long pockets with silver buttons. I would like a pair of knee-high boots. You do realize when, when do you need this black? It'll this will take me at least a week or two to have prepared. We're gonna do this shit right now. <laughs> Stop selling, motherfucker. Tonight, dang it. I just stand over and I say, today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can help out. I know how to sew. Do you have Save a black formal suit? He asked. Lots of reason. You mentioned tails. He walks over to his rack and he sizes you up and down. He says, your skin where did you get that tan from? <laughs> Surely not here in Barovia. Uh, I usually use the UV tanning bed over No. Oh, I've heard about that. It's for my sad. <laughs> so he pulls out a black coat. And it does have tails, split tails. Yeah. And says, we don't have much as far as silk. That's not much that we can do. Do you have a, a black or dark gray? Black we can, He says, hey, young guy. What'd you decide on? What did he say? What'd she say? She's like, young guy, Do you did you decide on the red or the black shirt? Uh, I decided on the red. All right. He reaches in, he grabs a black shirt. Hands out one to you. Do you have any red like ascots or cravats or something like that? Ascots we can do. Red walks over. He brings out. Looks almost like satin. Not quite as soft, but it's Barovia. You don't expect much. Uh, the, does the formal jacket come with slacks? He pulls some slacks off. And then he says, we'll make any adjustments on that. That's for me. And then for the cherry on top, have any wolf pelt half shoulders? I'll have to go over to the uh, place where they sell the wolf I think Zoltar takes care of that, so. And you have any walking things? Yes, I do. I'll take one of those. Because remember, he's still old. You're lucky. Not old, not anymore. <laughs> so he, he walks over, he gets the, the cane. And he also grabs not exactly a top hat, 
Not exactly a fedora, but a bowler hat. Something in between. I had it more like a bowler. And then he also grabs a manacle. A monocle? Yep, he grabs a monocle and he brings it over to you. And he puts those down for you and he puts the, the walking stick down for you. And then about this time, the dwarf comes out just in billows and billows of fabric. And, and he grabs his shears and he just rips the entire bottom of the dress out. He says, I'll just use this on something else. It's already done. And so now we have this dwarf in this mini skirt. <laughs> and he grabs just a little bit of lace and sews it into the bottom. Expands the front just a little bit to accommodate for her big breastuses. And he says, this will work. What about Beaner? And and the big green oh, what are what is Beaner doing? I don't know. He probably Beaner has been selecting his own clothes while suspenders have to be in it though. Yes. And he grabs a yellow shirt <laughs> with suspenders and a pair of is it red pants? No, it's a red hat. It's like a, a red beanie. He grabs a red Red hat. Cap. Red they don't suspenders. have beanies. Red suspenders. Red suspenders and a pair of black pants. And it, far from looking like formal clothing, but he's like, okay, this is me. <laughs> I am ready. What do you expect? He became an NPC. And Leo. Says, I'm just gonna wear what I am wearing. What is he wearing? Like? He has his his armor and a his black trench over it. Mm. Trench coat? That's yes. Trench. And then, no bow tie. No bow tie. Claire comes out in a flowy blue, like royal blue dress that works well with her brown hair. And he says, and then you see Plask come out. By the way, I fastened the clothing to a, um, pretty much like a, what would you call it? Kind of like a, kind of like how you put a towel over yourself. That's kind of how I fastened that cloak. Just around your waist? Yes. So. With a bow tie. Okay. <laughs> the bow tie makes it fancy. <laughs> He's wearing so, a loincloth. A cute. Kimono, yeah, with a bow tie. Can you be coming on with a just waist? By the way, Alyssa, you got a mini skirt. So, <laughs> how far down did, were you able to make the cloak go down over your legs? I'll say knees. Probably. All right. <laughs> so we see bare chest, bare arms. Do you have any markings on your body, like tattoos or anything like that? No, probably scars. Okay. Probably a lot of scars. A lot of scars. Maybe we can go get some like henna tattoos on us. <laughs> and 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 his big calves are just. Are you in your? Are you barefoot at this point? 
Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. You got them. You got them out. Sharp. Um. Thank you. He makes Isaac look small. So Hulk and um. What is it when Thor? Oh, when he went to the other planet. Yeah. He had the toga. Yeah. Yeah. And the bow tie. Yeah, and the bow tie. Oh, and the bow tie. What was he wear? What like were a was? Fucking D and D Chippendale. Yeah. What was Plask wearing before this, this robe? Um, probably I think a black cloak, uh, scale armor. So pretty much like what you expect, like what we're gonna be wearing. Mm. So as he's minus maybe. As Frederick is doing the alterations and stuff, he says, "So, exactly where are you attending yep. dinner at?" Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're going to Lady Vacher's. Yeah, no. I am so disappointed that Lady Vacher has not invited me to her book club. Is that what y'all are going for, her book club? No. It was a dinner for some invitations. Not entirely sure why. I've heard some great stories about her book club. Her Members meet at some strange hours, dressed up in robes and masks. It's almost like a costume party. <laughs> um, oh, that does that, not sound like a book party. That sounds uh, like a cult meeting, but sir. They said it was a book party. Yeah. I, book guess, I guess she lied. Who knows? I mean, that does sound quite fun. I think so. I like books. I'm sure they play some wonderful music. I love music, and I bet you they serve wonderful tea. Probably. You seem like the you seem like the type who enjoy teas and stones. Oh yes, indeed. So do I. Want some tea? I have some brewing over on the on the fire. Let's go get some, like formal. Well, I've gentlemen. got to finish working on these well, these outfits because yeah. he's got to. Adjust all of your pants, except for yours. Oh yeah, uh, what was the name of this uh, co-seller? His name is Fred Frederick Von Zipper. Okay, I remember this. Why do they <laughs> all start with Von? I need his name. He's never getting a, uh, invited to that group. Just <laughs> <laughs> fuck the picture right now. <laughs> it's like he just Jesus. <laughs> it's his only dying wish. So, um, uh, are, we, are we paying for all this, or are we going to say that Vodger's paying it? You can you can do a um, persuasion. Yeah, I am for money. I ain't pulling that shit. Like, how much Ooh. will these all be? Nineteen <laughs> plus three. It's formal clothes. It's not that much. Hold on, hold plus on, hold on. We just found our way in the money. So. I see. <laughs> Let me make sure I want that to be a. Uh, shit, it's gonna go quite well. Actually, give me a deception check on oh, that. I was just thinking out loud. I wasn't gonna actually do Deception. Disgrace. as clear as the lines on his face. I love that fucking Deception. I think we all agree that movie's the best. Alright, so y'all aren't trying to 
I was just throwing the All right. So he finishes all and he starts totaling it up. Two dresses, one, two, the bow tie, the ruby, the ribbon, my time, times four. Uh, um, 300 gold? That's plenty. Yeah. I'll, I'll toss him the 300. Yeah, I will absolutely give him some money, but I'm not paying for all of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay for everybody and toss him 300 now that I got 669 gold. And now I got 300. Well, y'all put in a good word with Mrs. Vacher for me. I really would like to get an invite to those book parties. Yes, Yeah, I was going to say, give me uh, 50 gold coins back in the world. <laughs> he says, if it helps get me in the club, he tosses you 50 gold back. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dang. I'm going to take a walk to to get that coat. Thanks. I'm going to go to a place to go get the, uh, the wolf half cloak. Alright, so you go back to the trapped paw. And you see Zoldar. Zoldar. Zoldar sees you when you walk in. He goes, Hello, my friend. You're back. Got some wolf pelts for me. What's up? Actually, I'm uh, here to acquire the pelts. Well, I got plenty of wolf pelts. I'm looking to complete my outfit by. Wow! Oh, God. I'm looking to complete my outfit with a nice, formal shoulder hat cloak. The finest You want with head or without head attached? Without. I'm going to go without head on this one. Good, that works out great. And he comes out and he says, I ain't preference on what color fur we kill them all. Um, Go with the closest to a blue-gray silver. Alright, I can do that. And so he comes out. He goes in the back. He comes back with two. One is got a lot more slate gray, while the other one has quite a bit of white fur, guard furs mixed into it. Some black guard furs as well. And he says, alright. What suits your taste, boy? Boy. Boy. Man. <laughs> I'm gonna go off the slate gray one. Alright. How much are you? Fifteen. Five gold. You got it. Five gold. Go on to the boxers tonight. You got a nice one. I'll go with it. Watch out for his sons. Oh yeah, we've uh, definitely ran across them before. Alright, anything else? That's it. Thank I'm you for your time. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna make my way in as y'all are finishing up. I'm like, hey, that's a nice little wolf head over your back. Mine doesn't have wolf head, but he can't do it for me. Can I get one of them so I can try to hide a inconspicuously big sword? 
<laughs> oh, I see what you're doing. So you won the head, head and a full cloak. Yeah. yeah. And I can do that too. So, what color, what color wolf you want? In a uh, dirty armor set, so something light. I'm a light color. A light gray or white. Oh, what you're wanting, I might not be able to do too light. Okay. I got some darker gray, I got some blacks. What goes with this bow tie? <laughs> the brooch? Yeah, the brooch. Yeah, my brooch. It's a ruby, so black. Black. Let's go with that. <laughs> and he comes and he goes, give me this one. He goes in the back and he comes back with this long wolf pelt. And this wolf was probably a good 10 foot long. Goddamn <laughs> The head is about two and a half to three foot wide. The incisors inside its mouth are a good three to four inches long. The canines are. Does this suit your fancy? It does. How much? What are you looking at? Price. This one, 35 gold. You know the bank? How much do you have? Oh, I think I have like 10 gold. Woo! Yeah, I mean, I could put the bill for this if you want, but. I mean, you said you want to cover a six-foot sword. Yeah. Dire wolf's the only way to go. I'll, I'll, I'll loan you on this one, all right? You could shove the hilt right up that <laughs> fucker's head. Awesome. Ain't nobody gonna be any wiser. It's like that golf club. The guards. Golf club cover. Yeah. So, all right, 40 gold pieces. Hold on, I'm imagining what it's going off land. You can melt those gold pieces into your money, right? You can down. melt them down. I ain't melting <laughs> shit down. So you gotta go see Do I right? look like I'm a blacksmith, boy? 40 gold. Ooh, oh. Can I can get 40 gold and then you can melt this down? I got you. Alright, you're good to go. You're good to go. Because I'm not in the shop with you. Yeah. Because I was about to yell out, I'm a banker. So I, I, I take care of his bill for his uh, walking out. Leo this goes, I'm glad I'm not the <laughs> Hell yeah! I got. I was sitting there with all my like, Look at me with my beautiful monocle. Y'all are actually wearing your clothes? I didn't put mine. <laughs> well, well, I have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna be putting my shit on until we get streets of money, right? Yeah. Like, splash around. Yeah. Yeah. True. Thank you for your Well, I thank you for your business. Enjoy your wolf. I'm glad I'm not the only one that appreciates a good pelt for a tire. That's what you should have got. A wolf in my cloth. Put the wolf in right there. I'd probably have to go with the dire for him, too. <laughs> What, what about the tiger skin would have worked if it didn't disintegrate? <laughs> Alright, what are y'all doing? I'm heading back to the tavern so I can go up to the room and start making a dress, put my makeup on. Get 
Put your makeup on. He's going to be doing the eye li- man oh, line. The guy line. Who are you talking to? The DM. Okay. How much would it be to silver plate? Just the ancestors. Have you found a dentist? I'd imagine a blacksmith. I mean, if I were to squish my mouth with like molten silver, I'd make a healing potion. So we could find like. I don't think the rap scene is very big in Barovia. There's no 50 Cent, there's no Cardi B. They have no clue what WAP is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could just get some silver balls like you used to do in high school. Alright, so y'all are getting ready. So get ready, get ready. And this is where we are going to take our session break. And we will return for the next session next week. Thank you for listening.